0: Men look for proof that God is and that His Holy Bible is, in fact, His inspired, inerrant word. The proof most claim they seek is ridiculously abundant and redundant. The reason most don't find it is because most aren't really looking. These are the ones the scriptures call willingly ignorant. Do you really want to know the truth? This goal can only be attained by knowing Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no man can come to the Father but through Jesus Christ. Jesus said men reject him because their deeds are evil, John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Do you really want to know the truth, the truth that will transform your life, that will set your captive soul free? Do you want to have dominant victory and joy in the face of blatant contradiction? Do you want a new life filled with eternal purpose? Today is your day of salvation. Click on the further with Jesus for immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. God said, Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. God said, James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Man said his academic achievements are the light of the world and not some old archaic Bible and its Christ. Now the record. According to the word of God, there are two positions in all of life, good and evil, life and death. We are instructed to choose. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. God speaks to wayward Israel in Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 31 and 32. Cast away from you all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. The concept of choice, as far as man is concerned, began in the place called paradise. God spoke to his creation, Adam and Eve, giving them free reign over the garden of Eden and dominion over all the earth with only one restriction. The restriction was that they not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if they did, they would surely die. They obeyed the voice of God, the first voice, until a second voice was heard in the garden. The second voice was Satan's and he contradicted the word of God. Our great-grandmother, in an act of unbelief and disobedience, chose the second voice, and that deed ushered in the law of sin and death. She made a very bad choice. That day, even Adam died to the spirit of life. They were booted out of paradise and eventually grew old and died physically. Paradise and immortality were lost by choice, as well as the ability to pass that blessing on to their progeny. God made a way of escape for His creation. That way of escape is the new beginning, the new life which is attained through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. This act of salvation opens the door to eternal life in a place called paradise, God's new heaven and new earth. It's entered into through choice, the choice to align oneself in an act of faith and obedience with God's voice, the first voice. The concept of the two positions, the two camps, both entered into by choice, is clearly defined in this life. This will be obvious as we continue. God's children, those in the camp of the first voice, revel in His unchanging truth. Isn't it amazing that the accounts in the Word of God, statements, precepts, commandments, and insights made thousands and thousands of years ago are still true and perfectly valid? In this day or in any day or age, he describes the six individual 24-hour days of creation. He lays out the necessary information to date the age of the earth and the universe. He records for us the first 4,000 years of this world's history. He describes what went wrong in the Garden of Eden. He tells of Noah and the great global flood and the reason why. He tells of the terrible sin of Sodom and Gomorrah and records its destruction. He tells of Abraham and Moses and the great prophets. He tells of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, and the only savior of all those who will call upon his name. He describes the spirit realm and how to interact with angels and devils. He gives supernatural instructions and insights into a literal multitude of issues. He even foretells the end of the world and a soon coming judgment day. He tells the end from the beginning And every jot and tittle is true and righteous altogether. His truth never changes, for that, in fact, is the very nature of it. Thousands and thousands of years pass by, and his word is still true and provable. The righteous revel in truth, but on the other hand, those who have chosen the second voice, the second camp, actually revel in their error. We have noted on this site that man's truth of yesterday is debunked by his truth of today and that his truth of today will be debunked by his truth of tomorrow, and imagine that in the field of science they take pride in the debunking. Their willingness to correct the record would be commendable if they had made it very clear that the initial info, when offered up, was their best guess and not the truth, as many in the field of evolution proclaim. Their willingness, even eagerness, to debunk their former proclamations would be commendable, if we were dealing with the development of fiber optics, for example, and not their contradiction of the very record of the word of God, the very provable record, I might add, through their foolishness shrouded in pseudo wisdom, the hearts of millions have been robbed of their simple childlike faith, of their only hope, of their joy, of their eternal purpose. The field of pseudoscience debunking of yesterday's truth is incessant for your perusal, We'll list a handful of their reversals, which have just recently been published in their journals. By no means is this an exhaustive list. We should point out that these debunkers have not rejected their bad root, but simply portions of their faulty past presentations. Several months ago, evolutionists bragged of the similarities between the human and the chimpanzee, claiming a 98% match in their DNA. We have reported on the initial debunking of that truth, and here comes more. From Science News, November 10, 2007, under the heading "Evolution Doing the DNA Shuffle," comes the following excerpts: A new comparison of McKay, orangutan, ape, chimpanzee, and human genome—genomes, uh, excuse me—shows a surprising amount of DNA reshuffling in these chromosome regions called subtelomeres. These volatile areas of roughly 150,000 to 500,000 genetic units lie between the main body of a chromosome, which varies little among related species, and the caps on each end of the chromosome called telomeres. Previous studies had underestimated how much swapping and recording of DNA segments has occurred within subtelomeres because scientists had looked only for segments in the ape's genomes that match part of the human genome, says Katie Rudd of Emory University in Atlanta. That approach overlooked segments in the ape's genomes that had been lost in the human genome. This is crazy. This is off the chart different, Rudd says. No one knew that the subtelomeres or related ape species have totally different structures. The cause of this high rate of rearrangement is still unclear, Rudd says. For more information on this subject, click on to Men and Chimps 98% Oops. On this website, there are five amazing features on the vindication of God-commanded circumcision. The medical field had written it off is only a spiritual construct saying that it had no real medical benefit. As you should suspect, they continue to eat their words. In Discover Magazine, January 2008 issue, under the heading, Male Circumcision, a new defense against HIV, HIV, excuse me, the following excerpts are found. Male circumcision cuts the risk of HIV transmission in men by about 60 percent and should be scaled up in countries hardest hit by the epidemic, the World Health Organization announced in March, citing compelling evidence from three large trials in Kenya, Uganda, and South Africa. There, a 2006 study suggests circumcision could prevent about 6 million HIV infections and 3 million deaths over 20 years. Still, the WHO held back its recommendation until 2007, citing the need for randomized clinical trials. Circumcision was ignored for ages, says Daniel Halperin, an AIDS researcher at the Harvard School of Public Health, who laid out the case for circumcision in The Lancet as far back as 1999. What I mainly criticize the WHO for is that even with dozens and dozens of powerful studies, they refuse to even talk about it circumcision could reduce the odds of an infected man's transmitting the virus to a female partner by 30 percent or more end of quote for more info on circumcision click onto the following subjects: circumcision circumcision two circumcision three why do they still resist circumcision four and cj's challenge and info briefs part three do you remember vestigial organs The parts of the human body that have supposedly been made obsolete through the process of evolution? The appendix was listed as one of them. Page 69 of Discover, January 2008, has listed as the 96th top science story of 2007, the discovery of the very real benefit of the appendix. Excerpts from that story follow. In September, a team of surgeons and immunologists at Duke University proposed the reason for the appendix, appendix, Excuse me, declaring it a safe house for beneficial bacteria. Attached like a little wiggle worm at the beginning of the large intestine, the two to four inch long blind-ended tube seems to have no effect on digestion, so the biologists have long been stumped about its purpose. That is until biochemists and Immunologist William Parker became interested in biofilms closing bound communities of bacteria. In the gut, biofilms and digestion make vital nutrients and crowd out harmful invaders. Upon investigation, Parker and his colleagues found that in humans, the greatest concentration of biofilms was in the appendix, and rats and bamboon, baboons, excuse me biofilms, are concentrated in the cecum, a pouch that sits at the same location. The shape of the appendix is perfectly suited as a sanctuary for bacteria. Its narrow opening prevents an influx of the intestinal contents, and it's situated inaccessibly outside the main flow of fecal stream. Parker suspects that it acts as a reservoir of healthy, protective bacteria, that can replenish the intestine after a bacteria-depleting diarrheal illness like cholera. Where such diseases are rampant, Parker says, if you don't have something like the appendix to harbor safe bacteria, you have less of a survival chance, end of quote. At one time, evolutionist textbooks had listed over 200 so-called vestigial structures. All since have been vindicated. For more information, click on to... Evolution is in trouble again. It Takes a Village, Tweaking Neighbors Reroutes Evolution is the title of an article from Science News, November 24, 2007. Paragraphs follow. Plant communities influence evolutionary forces in the very complex ways a new study finds. Lankow and Sharon Strauss at the University of California, Davis, have demonstrated that a plant's surrounding community can boost, shrink, or even reverse evolutionary forces. The relationships are complex enough to make evolutionary outcomes unpredictable, says Lankow. This study is amazing, says Anrog Agrawal of Cornell University. It will make it more difficult to justify studying the evolution of a species and the absence of its real ecological context, end of quote. More debunking of man's purported truth comes from A.P. science writer Seth Berenstein in an August 8, 2007 release, several excerpts follow. The discovery by Maeve Leakey, a member of a famous family of paleontologists, shows that two species of early human ancestors lived at the same time in Kenya. That pokes holes in the chief theory of man's early evolution that one of those species evolved from the other and it further discredits that iconic illustration of human evolution that begins with a knuckle-dragging ape and ends with a briefcase-carrying man. The more we know, the more complex the story gets, he said. Scientists used to think Homo sapiens evolved from Neanderthals, he said, but now we know that both species lived during the same time period and that we did not come from Neanderthals, end of quote. There are two camps. Choices must be made. God said men said stands with Joshua of old Joshua 24:15 but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord God's truth never changes for that in fact is the nature of it God said Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 for I am the Lord I change not God said Hebrews 13:8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever God said, James chapter 1 verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Man said his academic achievements are the light of the world and not some old archaic Bible and it's Christ. Now you have the record.